Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of What Most People Think. I am I am so on the road these days. I am so on the road. I did shows last week. I did uh, shows in Leicester Square Theatre. Thank you if you came to that. And it turns out that Leicester Square is back to full functioning order. And by that, I mean lots of arseholes. Lots of arseholes in Leicester Square. If you throw in a bit of rain, it's almost like putting water on a gremlin's back after midnight. I was sort of thinking when I got into Leicester Square, I thought, oh, you know what? I won't go, I'm early. I won't go to the venue yet. I'll just hang out, take in the vibe. I, went, I fucking went down into that bunker venue and I did not come out. I did not come out. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a libertarian, but it turns out that lockdown has really uh, robbed me of some of my love of big crowds temporarily. But I did get used to it. I did get used to it. And then the following day, I was up to, uh, you know, from London, a great city, up to that that brilliant little town called Manchester. Uh, he said, just basically trying to trigger the Manx. Uh, it's, no, it was great. It was great to go up to Manchester. And um, I apologise, you know, with the way that that date was moved from the dance house to the academy and then there was even confusion over the fucking timings uh as you'd imagine it's not my you know responsibility in terms of ticketing and, and getting information out to punters but obviously i'm the public face of it so i apologize if that caused you uh any inconvenience and it, there was just confusion all the way when we got there uh there was uh, i say when we got there like i've got some fucking team do you know what i mean when, when my entourage got there when when jeff basically walked with his man bag over his shoulders yeah i wear, I wear a man bag yeah, I'll make some concessions to the metropolitan life. Uh, when I got there, there was a huge queue and um, I was quite impressed because I thought it was for me. And I was walking up, I was like, Jesus, man, this is, uh, this is a big show. And some man goes, uh, yeah, all right, Jeff, it's not for you, mate, it's for Roger Taylor. I think your room's in there. And he pointed to a much smaller venue. So you always have to appreciate the uh, the honesty and the gritty honesty of the Mancunian people and it was it was it was a great show like a really really wicked atmosphere in there um, there were there were signs on the wall um, because obviously the Tory party conference was happening and is happening as I record this so there were signs on the wall from an event the previous night of saying like you know fuck the Tories fuck off Eaton scum and uh, yeah, it was an interesting atmosphere to perform in. When I came out of the station, there was people outside Manchester Piccadilly Station, like, Tory scum, Tory scum. And I thought, gee, I'm only doing one show. Do you know? But evidently, uh, it wasn't for me. Uh, I might, I may well have uh, put my face mask back on. Obviously, not to pussy out of being recognised, but, uh, you know, it, it was cold. My face was cold. So this is what most people think, which is a podcast uh, coming from a comedian who has of late voted conservative and stuff and uh yeah it's not you know at the moment the fire 
is all going towards the Tories. There's a lot of anger, and, and, and you know, rightly so. They're in government, and there are there are a lot of issues. And, you know, it was to Labour's turn last week when there was conference, when Labour, you know, had an opportunity to scrutinise the uh, party in power and, you know, spent most of the week sort of like slapping each other about and talking about whether or not men have cervix. So that was their turn. And now it's Tory party conference and um, the focus is well and truly on them. Um, but you notice that the Tories do sort of stick together. Do you know what I mean? They grin and bear it because they just love power. They just love it so much. They just grin. They'll just kind of be sharpening their knife, uh, but but they'll grin and bear it. But one thing I did think that was interesting, you know, coming off uh, a couple of last week where Angela Rayner used the phrase Tory scum is that we see that uh, Ian Duncan Smith was attacked with a traffic cone. Now, OK, first up, yes, the words in that sentence are vaguely amusing. All right. So whether you're on the left or right, if you do have an initially mirthful reaction to that, I think that that is, you know, it's a, it happens. I do think, though. There is a problem here is that I know that whenever, you know, like even when Farage got milkshakes or or someone from the right that people don't like has something bad happen to them. And then people kind of otherwise quite moderate people celebrate an act of violence online that I, I think it's a problem, man, because it's not very constructive, is it? I mean, if, if, you, if, you, if you're sort of basically saying the principle is, is there a twat so I can hit them? <laughs> you do know, like, I don't know if you've met the far right. I mean, they are... They are real arseholes and they tend to hit a lot harder. So I think that there is a problem just in terms of the consistency of your principles. You know, people might say, oh, we was only hit over there with a traffic cone. I, I would I would argue that, you know, if you were out and about and there was a group of people hitting you over the head with a traffic cone, I don't think that you would uh, you'd be seeing the funny side. You don't be well you I don't think you'd be getting whacked over the head going, yeah, but oh, you know, you have to admit traffic cones are inherently comedic. So there you go, you know, there's a radical thing that I do. This is classic this podcast, a radical thing that's not radical at all, which is to say maybe don't hit politicians because you don't like them or disagree with them. Uh, but speaking of somebody I like very much, this week is another guest show and making a debut is the brilliant Joanne McNally. Uh, Joanne McNally is an Irish comic who's been working over here a while. And she uh, she is, I mean, I've been trying to get her on the podcast for a while because I just, I rate her so much. She's a proper stand-up. She's done things what I, I would call the proper way, the old school way, coming through the clubs, you know what I mean, learning a craft. And now big things are happening for Joanne. And I kind of wanted to get her on the podcast this week so that in about a year, you'll go, oh my God, yeah, you, you know, when she's like fucking a megastar, you lot will be going, oh yeah, yeah, Norcott gave us a heads up. So I'm basically trying to bask in the reflective glory of what, where she's at and what she has to come. Uh, just a couple of uh, the you regular things. Last week's cuss count. So it was the episode with Simon Evans and we are talking the possibly the lowest numbers ever here. I don't know. I don't know if I was trying to impress Simon but we only had... I'm going to read out the numbers here. Five fuckings, two fucks, one twat and one bollocks, which I haven't read them all out for a while. It's always quite funny to read them in a in a row, which which kind of translates as 0.15 swears per minute. Um, that's, I think that's the lowest it's ever been. That is the lowest it's ever been. So, And a lot of people seem to really enjoy that episode. And uh, I don't know what was going on with the sound. Uh, Simon seemed to sound like he was God. And I seemed to sound like I was in a kind of really, like a sort of council estate in hell. Um, but yeah, if you haven't listened to that, go back and have a listen. New patrons. Uh, we've got Mike Harper. 
Mike Harper just sounds like a League One goalkeeper, doesn't he? He always plays for Southend. Mike Harper, he was a goalie for Southend in the in the in the eighties. Uh, Kelly Wedditch, I think Kelly. So this again is this problem with Patreon cancelling people. I think Kelly was an old Patreon that's come back. So she's not old, of course. Kelly, ah, oh, she's a great Nick Kelly. Don't worry about that. But um, but do check if you want to still be a Patreon and you haven't heard anything recently. Do check that the account is still active. Roy Gilbert, Roy. I mean, that is a name of a man that could tell you stuff about fences, right? Roy is the name. I don't know if Roy is a father-in-law or somebody, but I'll bet you any any money, any time, anything manual needs to get done around the house, they get Roy around. You know, Roy, you know, he's a, doesn't say much, keeps himself to himself, but fuck me, he can create a fence. Uh, there's a, one called Plans Bloke. I don't know, just, just the name is Plans Bloke. Uh, just sounds like a sort of grime artist. Paul Lambert, again, I think is a returning Patreon. And Paul Thomas... Paul Thomas, I mean, that could come out of the most common English names generator. That just sounds like an app, you know, if you're abroad. Like, what what will be my English name? Oh, my God, Paul Thomas. <laughs> so funny. Um, I don't know what that accent was. Probably problematic. Um, David Oliver. David Oliver. Never trust a man with two first names or when you play him at poker. David Oliver. Um, Dave Yolly. How do you, how do you, Dave Oliver. Dave, yeah, you'd be called Dave Oliver, wouldn't you? Then we're into the realms of... You'll have to speak to Dave Oliver about that. What do you work in, Dave Oliver? Are you like, uh, do you sort of sell cement to the big kind of construction giants? Yeah, we've got a good deal out of Dave Oliver. That's not that's not something you hear very often. Uh, and also another shout out, because I've never said this right, is, is a patient that has, has basically used it to get free advertising. So... It is the name is CS Support Services. All your IT needs, and just hearing how badly I read a company name there is a reminder of why we do this as a Patreon-funded uh, podcast. Loads of people are great at reading adverts, but you know, you know me well enough to know that if I was having to do these reads and say stuff like, uh, "I was sent this week a make your own brownie pack," and I have to say. I, some people are really great at doing this and it just it just wouldn't work with me. You know, I sat and I made brownies and they all the ingredients were there and the chocolate icing and, uh, well, it was a really satisfying day. Brownies, homemade brownies. Mmm, you can't be. Do you see what I mean? This is why it's better this way. So thank you for your ongoing support, patrons. Uh, just before we get into the chat with Joanne, uh, a thank you. I'd like to say a thank you, well, a sarcastic thank you to all the restaurants that put me in the window when I am... Dining solo, right? When you're dining solo, this is the thing when you're out on the road. Often you think I should have a decent meal, but they're always really expensive and you end up paying like fucking 20 quid for something you eat in 15 minutes. So I go in the restaurant and sometimes they look at me, you know, because I'm, 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 I don't look like someone that's gone out for dinner. You know what I mean? I've got a big fucking ticket tout coat on. Uh, <laughs> that's why I look like a ticket tout. Andy Burnham looks like a ticket tout. I was saying that in Manchester, doesn't he? He looks like a ticket tout with excessively good sort of male grooming habits. Um, but they kind of go, and then I say to them, look, I'm a, I'm a solo diner. I'll be in and out in like half an hour. And so what they do is to punish you, they sit you in the uh, in the window to kind of like, kind of loneliness shame you. And you just sit there and it's really embarrassing. And one thing I've learned over the years is quite often I'll go to Chinese restaurants because the food is prepared quickly. It's relatively cheap. You can get some veg. And um, don't ever order the sizzling dish, whatever the sizzling dish is, right? It's always a temptation, but you will never feel like a bigger twat than when you are on your own 
and a sizzling dish comes out. As a sizzling dish is the closest you get in savoury world to a birthday cake with fucking sparklers on it. Um, so, yeah, thank you to the restaurants that, that uh, punished me in that way. And uh, uh, fuck you to Insulate Britain. Now, I don't know if you... Um, if you saw the clip this week, there have been a few where the public have been getting increasingly annoyed with them uh, clogging up and blocking the highways of Great Britain uh, because they want fucking foam in roofs or whatever. Um, you've lost the room. Do you know what I mean? There was a guy in Wandsworth. So there's a clip from Wandsworth and this guy was, was literally dragging this old geezer off and the, and the guy, it was just so annoying. It was like a weird game of dead fishes where the guy kept going back in, you know, kept just going in there and just lying down again and the worst thing of it was was the guy said there's a fucking ambulance trying to get through you prick and they just, he still went back and laid down there I mean you have to think right at that point are we are we the arseholes here do you know what I mean we've just been told that there is somebody in a in an ambulance trying to get through and we've just gone and laid down uh, in the street again and, and, and it does bug me in a way that there's a certain kind of celebrity or person um, online that will always kind of like instead of condemning them completely they'll say look I agree with their objectives but I don't agree with their methods you don't even need to say that do you know what I mean if there was any other group that was doing stuff that was endangering the public do you know what I mean you don't have to preface it by going look I am a good person but I don't like this you can just go what they're doing is not the right way okay it's not right. And then it turns out, interestingly, the guy that dragged him off the street wasn't even committing a crime in manhandling him because there's some law that if somebody is blocking uh, one of the highways of Britain, you're allowed to take action if it's causing uh, public endangerment. So I'm not, you know, I'm not in any way encouraging anybody that finds himself in that situation to remember that if you do drag them off, you can legally do that. I am not fucking saying that. Okay, let's get into the chat with the brilliant Joanne McNally. Um, I'm in a hotel lobby, so you'll hear the gentle sound of some jazz and the odd coffee cup clanking around. That's a, that sounds like a really narrative way to the gentle sound of some jazz and the odd coffee club. Coffee, coffee cup, cup. Get, coffee cup getting banged around, yeah. Very fancy. Well, yeah. welcome to. I mean, do you, are we happy to jump straight into it? Here? Jump in, jump in. I have okay. no idea what this is. Well, this is so. <laughs> oh, it's 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 a far right podcast. <laughs> It's real extreme sort of like Christian sort yeah. of intolerance. And and the good thing is, is in your appearing, Joanne, you've sort of endorsed all of those views. So 100 percent Very pro, great. We're pro-life now, are we? Yeah, pro-life. It's very brave of you. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't do it. But I, I really wanted to get um you you on the podcast because one, I think like obviously, you know, you've been doing great things for a while and, and you know you're doing really big stuff now. But I, I believe that I was, I called it, didn't I? The first time I saw you in performing in England, I said, look at that. She's going to be a star. You said, you actually said to me, um, if you ever get on the panel shows and you need, because the other way people have writers on the panel shows and you were like, <laughs> I'm around. And I, no, you said when you get, you said when you get on the panel shows and I still haven't got on a single panel show, Jeff. Haven't you? Well, Fuck I've it. Not the main ones, not the like the mock the week and all, but I just don't think I'm a really mock. I'm not. I'm not a mock the week. I one. mean, they are like some of those ones. They have their own house style, and I've got yeah. a theory that, that people that are very, very good stand ups actually it's a harder transition to make because what you really want to do is just talk and have no one interrupts. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. I mean, that is is hilarious. That, that I, my memory of it obviously was that I was like, you know, saying I think you're you're great, but actually I was just touting for work. It turns out. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Shameful. I saw you, talent and I thought, you're yeah. On, you're on the make, Jeff. You're on the make. I, I saw I wanted to ride the, those those <laughs> coattails. I mean, you have been, obviously, your profile is growing uh, in England now, but you've done like this mad run uh, in Dublin at Vicar Street. How, how many dates did you do there? So I haven't, it started, they're hap, it's happening next year. So the tour, I'm starting a kind of UK Irish tour in January. Yeah. So I've, I have 20 Vicar Streets. 20? Yeah, it's bananas. That is insane. And what, what sort of size venue is that? It's 1,200. <laughs> yeah, no, well done, mate. I mean, that is... How you feel? I mean, obviously, because the thing about like this game is everyone, and we always have to say, oh, I'm blown away. I'm so excited. But obviously, there's the, there's the pressure that goes with it. Like, you sort of think, God, I've got to actually do all those now, you know? Yeah, I think, I think, um, see, I've done, I did a Fricker Street before. I like, I really like the venue. It's not like I'm not comfortable there. I'm kind of comfortable there as well. I was saying this to someone else recently. Like, I think, I think the time, it's just the right time. So I know that sometimes people can kind of, get a profile before they're ready to do big shows and yeah. then they sell tickets and they're not necessarily ready. Whereas mm. I think my timing is quite good. Like I'm, I'm well able now, do you know what I mean? So it's grand yeah. and they're not all in a row. Um, and also I just, I could, I would have just, I would have, I think as well, it's kind of shocking in Ireland because I'm a woman, you see, I think that is an extra layer of like, yeah. but there is because yeah. it's usually just the lads kind of doing these big runs at Vicar Street. Well, yeah, I suppose that's something like English audiences might not have thought about so much because, you know, it's a bigger population here. So we have had, you know, bigger female acts, you know, with Sarah Millican's, Catherine Ryan's and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone, you know, and some stand, female stand-ups in Ireland have, have moved towards the sort of acting part of it. So, yeah, you are genuinely a groundbreaking feminist thirsty bitch <laughs> <laughs> i'm just a thirsty thirsty bitch um but yeah no i can't act or anything so like i know that some comics can you act uh it turns out i i'm actually brilliant at it. i didn't know are you to, yeah i'm pretty fucking amazing i mean <laughs> what <laughs> no I'm, I'm not i think if you just sort of deadpan i mean ultimately i think like a lot of comics if you if you play something almost like a millimeter away from who i am absolutely brilliant yeah, yeah so they're like fascist electron electric what is it fascist electrician that's what i call you yeah basically yeah if, yeah, if you've got a seriously right-wing looking electrician character i can absolutely <laughs> I, can, I can nail that part but but yeah i mean that I was can't. one of the things that i sort of like highlighted that i wanted to speak to you about earlier is that you know there is this perception in this in our game that people kind of come through but really they have other objectives so stand up is like a stepping stone to the shit. yeah they really want to do, but you, you, it's very like old school in a way that you focused on being a great stand up first and, you know, exclusively. What was that a conscious thing? Yeah, it was actually like, I think I take, I take quite, I take a lot of pride in being a, just a stand up. Yeah. I don't, I say I can't act. I mean, I could probably give it a go, but yeah. I, do, I just, fucking love stand-up comedy i don't love what i don't love i never i never even knew anything about it. i'd never been to a stand-up show in my life yeah, yeah. before it started doing it so it's not like i i know sean walsh is this big like he loves kind of the history of comedy and he's all this like i don't really i'm not that way into it um yeah. but i just love performing and i was very proud that i was able to do it but then of course then when lockdown happened i was like oh shit i should probably have another string to my bow like something mm. because all the live went um but it's, do you know what though? I would love, I would love a career like Kevin Bridges. Oh uh, well, I mean, I think so many stand-ups. I mean, he he does the odd panel show, right? Yeah. Where, where, and it's often if he just likes someone that's hosting it and stuff like that. 
every couple of years does these insane huge tours and then just goes off and and, disappears and what's interested it you know but they will i do think i think that acting opportunities will come for you and i mean you you sort of said that i was kind of like like a fascist electrician if i could if i could just kind of typecast you a bit yeah I mean, go on. I'm, look, I'm looking at you now with a bit of big hooped earrings and and hair not hair not fully scraped back i'm thinking girl girl that can fight <laughs> can, you, can you fight i've always had the impression that you could throw a right hander if you needed to you're not the first man to have said that to me i've never had anyone in my life i have it i think i definitely appear harder than i am did i tell you it was so funny i saw this um i was accidentally cc'd on a pod on an email once about me right um going from it was in a production company to a channel and they were like joanne has a lovely working class irish authenticity and i was like no i'm very middle class so and in Ireland, like my accent is the most like people hate my accent and I get trolled for it all the time and stuff because it's really posh. But in the UK, they um, can't hear see, it. I mean, right now, can I just speak for the audience that will be going, what? <laughs> yeah, you see, because the English English people don't think we have posh parts of Ireland. They just think it's no, like a hedge no, hanging isn't... off to the left of the UK. That is a misconception. I see. The thing was, I thought I was one of these English people's like I kind of knew that Joanne, and I could kind of pick a, a middle class accent. But I, I would have definitely. I suppose yours is a. It's got a broader sort of Dublin feel to it. Yeah. But there is a way that middle class Irish people pronounce their s's that's slightly different. Is there a slight? Well, but like like Barnell when he pronounces his s's. You know, yes. Yeah. 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 Slightly yeah, yeah. So, long s sound. So I live. I grew up near where he is now. Fucking hell, you are rich. Jesus Christ. Well, no, no, we were, we were like, they just, my parents just bought a good house and put us in good schools and then scraped, scraped the rest of the time. But, um, so I, I've kind of dialed down my accent now because I just get so much shit for it. Now I think I'm quite street, quite cool. But then, so when I got to the, anyway, so I asked your man, I was like, why do you think I was working class? Like, I don't Mm. care. I'm just curious. Yeah. And, uh. He was like, it's not how you sound, it's what you say, it's how you talk. <laughs> it's uh, like, oh, you're, yeah. you're direct. It's my tone. Um, but there's one routine that you did that really, really stuck out for me. You did it on that Jonathan Ross thing that was done in, in lockdown, where you were talking about how young lads have sex. Oh, uh, the hell. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't want to like butcher the routine, but you basically would sort of encourage it. Well, you were trying to make the young lad realise that the hole was already there and he didn't need to. Yeah. But the way you, I would say to anybody, you know, go Google YouTube, uh, Dan McNally, uh, Jonathan Ross show. And it's just that kind of stand up that's so funny. And maybe that's what they mean is like, I didn't expect you to say that. That was a bit. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. And I'd always wonder where the line is because I don't want to be like just talking about sex all the time. Hmm. Sometimes I don't know. I'm like, should I be really branching out? But then I remember writing this. I tried to write about like climate change, and everyone's just staring at me. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, look, I wrote this lad, and I was like, yeah, it's like, they don't want to hear me talk about fucking Greta Thunberg. But yeah. I do think it's good to branch out sometimes. What's your? What would you say your comedy's like? What if you to describe it? I always this really simple formula is is basically if I'm on stage for an hour, I'm gonna spend a third of it talking about politics, a third talking about socio-political stuff, you know, like zeitgeisty stuff, like when yeah. you're who, who's got cervix this week and who hasn't. And then and then like um, how are you still going? How have you not been like cancelled? Well, I, I I walk the line. I yeah, walk I know. The line. I Johnny Cash the shit out of this. But I think I think that's where the crack is. I think I like walking the line as well. You just poke at stuff. 
Yeah, you can allude to stuff. But also, I think if you're just clear about where you're coming from, so you sort of, you know, I, I do think now you can be controversial, but you sort of have to preface it by saying you have to do these terms and conditions up front. You go, and I fully respect the right of people. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to do this fucking joke anyway. Yeah. And then, and then the other third would probably be observational. I mean, I, lo- I love stuff about my favorite subject, believe it or not, is always about the difference between men and women because it is, it, it's never stopped the mystery of it. The mystery of women is always fascinating fascinating to me yeah I love I love to help men do this and women do this and I know like some people would think it's kind of basic but I love it I was actually I did a chat show um in Ireland before and I was I had this routine about how men don't talk to each other I mean it's not mm. exactly you know unique or original anyway the line the clip went up in line and someone wrote underneath oh I loved that bit when Mickey Flanagan did it and of course I, like I was I went in I was mm. like sorry what yeah hey what <laughs> yeah I was like, where, where, what Mickey Flanagan bit? Send me the bit. What did he do? And he's like, oh, well, you know, women talk and men don't talk. And I was like, are you saying that Mickey Flanagan invented the notion that men don't talk? I was like, fuck <laughs> off. But anyway, but he came back because I was going out with a lot at the time. He was like, don't engage with him. But anyway, it ended up really, it ended, it ended quite peacefully. At the end, he was like, look, best look at your career. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, that's because he, you, you, that's because he thought you could fight. And basically, what I could fight. you yeah. scared the living shit out of him. Because yeah. even that, like, the, the listener won't be able to see it, but you did that head, that neck crick thing. Thing, as you were talking where a woman says basically goes side to side it's almost yeah. like a sort of predator <laughs> focusing <laughs> someone said that to me before they're like you don't it's like when you're performing it's like you prowl you're prowling around yeah no there. you've got you've got a great a great stage presence and i think that i think that that is the thing is like it's almost you know like they used to write sonnets right and sonnets were always what was it 12 lines and it had a certain rhythm to it and yeah. the subject was always about love but the point was was what did you bring to the sonnet right yeah how did you do it? And I think that everyone, like men, the difference between men and women is the most funda- fundamental difference between all humans. It's bigger than religion. Like just by pure numbers, it's 50-50, right? Yeah. So the, you're always going to have shit to say on it. But the great thing now, of course, is what I do is I is you say, look, I'm not talking about the difference between men and women. I'm talking about gender politics, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I am actually being cool. I'm being um, political. But I am... Um, where are you? Here. Which hotel are you at? I'm in. Which... I'm in Dublin. Come ah. back to do this. I almost said. Uh, I almost said. Ah, uh, now then, just because you, ah, you're on. in. Yeah, Jesus. It's so funny. There's Fucking girls Jesus. now. Jesus. There's <laughs> girls now leaving me voice notes on Instagram. English girls doing Irish accents, and it's so funny. I think it's actually a really hard accent to do because there's is, so many yeah. of them. Um. Whereas in the UK, there's kind of broader, like I can, and I can identify them. Anyway, sorry, what were you at? I was going to say something about men do this and women do that. Oh, I think as well, because I'm single and slightly deranged when it comes to lads. <laughs> like I do, I kind of fall, when I fall, I fall hard. Like, do you know what I mean? I have a lot of right. drama to bring to the table. Do you, I mean, are you a, like a Facebook lurker, old photos? Go, do you go to full hog? Well, I would, but I'm blocked. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Is that why um, Facebook went down this week? You, didn't, <laughs> you just went through too many exes, old photos. I finished Facebook, just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. <laughs> um, but that's the, actually, do you know what? That's the shit thing as well, I think. I must write more about that, actually, like breakups and all that shit. Like how it's so hard now to, like, because you've just so much access to people's 
lives and what they're doing and their new girlfriends or their new boyfriends. And-, and I'll be honest, right? And this is a gender stereotype. I would say that is harder for women because women are. Do you remember on Take Me Out, right? At the end, yeah. Paddy, Paddy McGuinness would always say, he'd say, right, he did pick somebody else at the beginning. Do you want to know what girl it was? And I would always think, <gasps> I would always think, don't ask, but every single girl would be like, yeah, I want to know. Because yeah. women were like, it's like Pandora's box. They're literally like, go towards the flame. And and I think I think blokes probably do that a bit too, but maybe women torment themselves a bit too much. We are quite territorial. Like we are. Like there's, yeah. there's kind of, you can be as feminist as you want, but there's still like a part of, well, me anyway, that can be like jealous or like yeah. compa- competitive, sexually competitive with other women if you're in a, like, you know, I've gone out with lads who were a bit gamey. Yeah. And of course, instead of like realizing that the lad was the problem. Is that a good, when you said bit gamey there, I've, you know, like when you eat those meats and it's like a bit gamey, like it's got a bit no. of a pheasant. <laughs> is, that oh, a word, yeah, like, is that a word? Gamey. Gamey, you know what gamey that, means. I'm 44, Giant. You have to, like, you're significantly younger than me. I Gamey. Oh, you mean like they've got game? They're gamey, yeah. So like ah. you slip, you know, like digital dick, like in and out of people's DMs, that kind of vibe. I mean, like I have to say, the average age of my audience, we might have to do like a jargon busting thing. In and out of people's DMs means like it's it's people's direct messages. So, <laughs> what age are your audience? <laughs> no, no, I'm patronising. It's, it's really, it's really very. But there's, there's, I mean, look, I I say I'm a kind of like diet gammon. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm the kind of low calorie version of a gammon. So we just need some of some of this language uh, unpacked. Um, you. So you, yeah, I was saying that like, you know, when you're someone when a lad is a bit gamey and they're yeah. like, you know, they need a lot of attention from different women and that kind of stuff. Uh, right, so right. I've, got, I've gone out with lads like that, and I was like, oh my god, I'm really like I'm I I get very territorial and very jealous. So I mean, but that, that is like the contradiction is if you know that about yourself, but did you know that about these lads when you were going for them? I think I think those I kind of go for those kind of lads where you you never really know where you stand. I think, on, and that's on me because I'm clearly trying to win them over in some way. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like a game, and I'm too old for that shit now. But I still like I still kind of play it every now and again. It's so stupid. It is exciting because the thing is, like, if you think on our basic level, you know, we're not like we are mammals, and in the wild. A male that can attract lots of females is like in almost every mammal culture is the head boy, is the top boy. Yeah. And then when it gets to humans, it's almost like we have to unlearn that stuff. Because there is, I do think with women, if if one woman invests in a man, other women trust women's judgment, right? Yeah. And they go, well, what has he got? Do you know what I mean? What's he got going on? Like, it's even just women knowing that someone married you. Like, the moment you got that ring in your finger, other women will go, well, someone's invested long term. But I think that's, I wonder, is it still the same now? Because I remember back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I don't really know what day I'm talking about, but just like back in the day, (laughs) everyone was kind of working to it, like women were getting engaged. Maybe it's because I'm older now. And they were like, it was this big deal. The engagement was a really big deal. And the ring on the finger and the Instagram. And it was like, they were all working towards it. Whereas it's kind I feel it's kind of different now. Like the generation below us, I'd say that half of them won't even bother getting married. Well, yeah. I mean, you are, I mean, can I ask your age? Because I just, I'm just trying to gauge. Yeah, I'm I'm 38. But yeah, oh, right, right. Well, you look a lot younger, and I can say that, honestly. Thank but then you. again, you might have one of these fucking filters on at the moment. I, just... I actually don't. I just have Botox. Botox, fair enough. Do you, do you genuinely have Botox? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, it doesn't look... You don't look massively Botox. Do you do you go no. Do you go easy on it? Is there, like, a line? Yeah, so the girl... my One of my best mates is a dentist, and she does it for me, and she's very, like... She just puts in, like, little jabs. Someone was like, I, had to, I was used to do this bit where it's like, what? We don't know the long-term effects of Botox. And I was like, I do. You can ride lads half your age. 
just chipping in for a second there. How fucking funny is Jayan McNally? You're welcome. Yes, a welcome for bringing this another brilliant comedian into your lives. I just wanted to do a couple of hypes. We will mention Joanne's tour at the end of the show, but you should already be Googling for Joanne McNally tour tickets. I think she's adding a third date at the Palladium. Um, I just want to hype my tour. There is an extension. Hopefully this, this should have gone up uh, on Wednesday, this episode. On Thursday of this week, which will be the... 7th of October, uh, there'll be a pre-sale on a new spring leg of the tour. 2022, we're going all over the fucking show. We're going to Leeds, we're going to uh, Aberdeen, we're going to Montrose, we're going to Cardiff, we're going to Belfast, we are going around the UK on this occasion. We're going to Norwich, we're going to Portsmouth, we're going to Ipswich, all these places that people keep asking me to come. That will go uh, on sale, there'll be a pre-sale on Thursday for mailing list and Patreon, exclusive pre-sale, and then it'll go on general sale from Friday. Friday, uh, which will be the 8th of October, and get in there. We're playing some incredible venues. There's also a very special announcement on the new London date, which will be right at the end of the tour in May, but that is probably the biggest venue that we'd have played yet. So um, just keep your eyes peeled for those, and it would be great to... Uh, it's just great to... All these all these places that people ask me to come for a while, I'm going to be able to come. I mean, there's still going to be some people going, no, what, you think I'm here? Well, you got something against here? I'm like, it basically, if, you, if, if in 65 dates... Your town or city isn't there, then yes, I'm afraid it may well be personal. Anyway, let's get back to the chat with Joanne McNally. One thing I think that, that sort of English people are, are quite sort of naive about over here is the, the sort of Irish comedy scene, the entertainment mm. scene generally. Like there are huge acts out there, huge shows. Like, for example, Tom, Tommy Tiernan's chat show. Um, you you've done that. Can, can you explain? A lot of people know Tommy Tina, but can you explain like the format of how he approaches it? Sure. So Tommy is like God over here. Yeah. Everyone worships at the the altar of Tommy Tiernan. Um. So he had this radio show. He's also been very sound to me when I was coming up. He's just he's just daddy. Like he's just cool. Yeah. But he um had this radio show where the guest would come on and he wouldn't know who they were ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So. He would just interview them and find out about their lives and their jobs. And so then it did really well on radio. So they turned it into a TV show and it's doing really well over here. But the thing that's really good about it is he doesn't know who you are before you come out, which is whatever. But it's it's the, the great thing is it's no it's not just like celebrities plugging books. You could get mm. like a psychiatrist on it or someone who's in the English army or like, uh, do you know what I mean? And it's just mm. a, a kind of a it's just a kind of a selection of different people. It's not just celebs. So you, so you you went out there. So obviously he would he would have recognised you when you came on, but he didn't know you were going to be on that week. No, and now I'd only met him for the first. I was actually delighted. I bumped. I met him. He was in one of the clubs um, the week before. So when I came out, he knew who I was, which obviously gave me kudos because I was only going about a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bumped into him, but it doesn't really matter if he knows who you are or doesn't know who you are. It's just a really interesting chat. He's very curious yeah, and smart guy. Format. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great format. So it's cleaning up because Ireland doesn't have a history of giving chat shows to comics at all. Like none of our, none mm. of our chat shows were ever fronted by a comic. And it, it, I mean, the rest of the world does it. Well, America and the UK do it. Um, so this was our first chat show. I did Steph's packed lunch the other day and made a holy show myself. <laughs> Talk me, talk me through it. You know, his comics. Even I, 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 I love you a bit, but I already want to enjoy. Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, the what, pain, what happened, what the humiliation. <laughs> um, I know we love the dark stuff, uh, but that's the fun thing about when, like, did I tell you about that? I died. Did I tell you I had my first like proper death? 
last week. Really? Like, yeah, like proper. Like sometimes, like I've definitely had shit gigs. Of course I have. Yeah. But this was an undeniable death. Did it take a bit of you, Joanne? Did it take a little bit of your soul? <sighs> I think if it had happened earlier on in my career, it would have. But because yeah. I'm like... I know I'm. I can do my job. I mean, I've searched. Where, where was it? Up. What is the stakes of the gig? Uh, what the so it was in Peterborough, and they yeah. hated me. And Rick, my agent, was like, "Look, because the big the gig was booked ages ago, mm. and it just kept getting cancelled and everything." But Rick was like, "Look, you don't have to do it. You know, it's like fuck all money down in Peterborough." Yeah. He's like, you? "But I'm just," and I was like, "No, no, 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 no. You got to do the gigs. Got to do the club. Like keeps you know keeps mm. you fit. Puts hairs in your chest." And I went down and died on my hell. Um, they just absolutely fucking despised. They just absolutely hated me. I don't know what I don't know what I could have done. It was obviously it, on me. How early did you know that it was going wrong? Because one thing I think is interesting, and and, and punters are always interested about this, is, is the feeling. I've always known is like it's almost like you know when you start a social interaction bad. You know when you bowl into a party mm. and go, hey, who's getting fucked up? And it's not like one of those parties, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like that. Like the audience immediately, something doesn't connect in the first two yeah. minutes. If you hesitate or if there's a little yeah. bit of feedback. Yeah. So was that the case here or, or did you keep the faith? The they didn't, they didn't go. It was a really small room, socially distanced. They didn't go for me. They didn't go for my first couple of gags. And I kind of bottled it because mm. I don't know why. Usually I can hold, like usually if they don't go, I'm, I'm actually, I have a pretty good success rate of like turning gigs around. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can kind of get them. Even if they don't go from you at the start. I think because you've one, got strong st- stage presence and that is always useful in terms of digging deep. Sometimes if I come out too strong, they don't go for me. I've had to kind of figure out where the line is. If I come mm. out too aggressive, <laughs> they don't go for me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I bottled it and I was like, my mouth went completely dry. And I was like, I think I was, wasn't shaking, but it was very clear that I knew mm. I was dying. So of course, then once they see that... That I mean, I when you it's start over. when you start shaking, the knowledge that you're shaking. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure the punters can see it, but I the only trick I found is to walk up and down more because it kind of yes, like, it's mirrors, But then you feel a bit dizzy because of what's happening, and then you sort of almost want to crush the mic stand in your hand. Yeah, it's like an out of body experience. You're like the words are coming out of your mouth, but you're not connected to them at all. Like the whole thing just fell apart. I was supposed to do twenty minutes. I did six. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, I'm. I was like, I'm not putting myself through this. I'm not putting you through it. No one's having yeah. a good time. Good luck. I mean, I. It's funny actually. The amount of podcasts I've done of this, and I've never really discussed death stories. I did one in Brighton. In 2014. <laughs> and the thing is, Brian Comedia, as you know, comedians will go, oh, easiest gig in the country, right? Is I, I think it can be good and it can be challenging, but it's got yeah, a I don't think it's an, I don't think it's it. I don't think that's an easy gig. I think you have to work in that room. Yeah, I think so. And um, and it was a Christmas gig though, which is notoriously harder. And um, I went out and the the compare had kind of sort of riled the room in a weird way. And then what happened was uh, a girl left the room and he kind of moved their their two chairs like as a joke trying to get some banter going with the audience but then they hadn't come back by the time I went on so when when I went on I started badly anyway and these two girls was just came and stood in front of the stage and I was like well fuck you stand and I was like really rude to them like not not yeah. aggressive but like the last stop before aggressive because I was under pressure and they knew what had happened and they thought I was trying to be funny and be a twat and that didn't work and then then as they started slow hand clapping me, um, <gasps> and, it, and it started, to catch, 
they started started to catch fire around the room. So I decided to come off the stage at Comedia, which is not a good stage to come off of. So I managed to, with the mic lead, I fucking almost garroted a woman around the neck, a, a woman like, and and then so what what eventually happened? So it's a longer story, but I'll wrap it up. Was that I I got to about thirteen and a half minutes, and I put the mic back in the stand. I was like, you know what, you lot, you're all fucking cunts, you, you're twats. You know what I mean? So and then I remember that I was told that because um, the compere was doubling up within the same venue, that I could not leave the stage because he was the MC until I saw him come back in the room. So having put the mic in the stand and called no. them all cunts. I then took it back out, but then I started some weird routine. I went, so you know how women leave stuff on the bottom step of the stairs. And but weirdly, because they were like, Well, we can't beat him, they shut up then. Because it was almost like they were going, Oh, he he won't be. And then and then yeah, I, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just played to silence after that. <laughs> that is an epic death. That is an epic death. That was pretty Dave, epic. Dave McSavage. Do you know Dave McSavage? I know the name. Irish comic, he told a story. I must actually find it. I'm actually going to watch it again. It was so funny um, that he told a story about a death of comic dying on their ass in Victor Street. And it was the funniest thing. This lad, he put a bucket on his head before he went out. So it'd be funny. Yeah. Anyway, like death stories are the best crack. And they, also it, remind, it reminds you that it's just part of the job and you just have to laugh. You just laugh it off then. You become really is. resilient. When you swap death stories, you you just remember it's just part of the gig. Well, there are like, like you say is about, but, but like whether you double down on principle, like the, one of the worst things about me is I think is, is, is I will just go more crowd pleasing. And yeah. I sort of have admired over the years. I mean, like the great Canadian comics like Tom Stade and uh, Craig Campbell at times, like sometimes they would just go, no, fuck you. And they would just, and it was just really inspirational to watch them stick to their guns and often mm. turn it round, sometimes not turn it round, but just do what they do. Whereas I'll just go like a tummy bear and pussycat. Yeah, but I think that's like, I would be like you, but I, do, I think that's the job. Like, I think the job is to make the room laugh. Yeah, so- yeah. I do like I I'm I'm not gonna change my entire personality for them, but I will try and make them laugh. And if it's not working, I will try something else to make them laugh. Do you put on slightly le- less intimidating earrings? You just like <laughs> you just change them. I take set. the hoop, yeah. Don't hoops change to a size small rather than a size XL. I'll just put in a pair um, of studs here and uh I'll give myself a fringe. <laughs> less less aggro. What most people think. In terms of your like your your shows, um like yeah, you've done some great shows at Edinburgh, Wine Tamer. Uh, Prosecco Express. Um, is there going to be a third in the trilogy of alcohol-based titles? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I was going to, my new Edinburgh show was going to be called Basic Bitch Instinct, but then obviously <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, but I think th- with the start, because Edinburgh is so busy, I used to put alcohol in the title because I wanted, I wanted hen party vibes. I wanted just women day, who day drink. That's I like single piss heads. That's my kind of, that's what yeah. I want. That's what I like. And um, so it's like, what better way to get them than to put alcohol in the, in the title of the shows. It, sounds, it worked. Well, it sounds fun as well. I mean, women love like alcohol. My women talk like using the words yeah. of alcohol. They like the, the nouns. I mean, one thing that you do, you do. And I think that, you know, it's a problem with comedy is that it can be so esoteric and a lot of the female acts of breakthrough are brilliant, but they can be, sort of very middle class and very sort of like, you know, immediately, I guess they feel this pressure to be very feminist. Mm. And very, I think I think there's more pressure on female comics on this core, I think, and yeah. to be right on. But I think that you represent, you know, like a more, more like normal experience of women is like having a laugh. And and that that is actually, I think, under catered for in comedy. 
I th- I agree with you. I think it really is. Like, it's kind of hard to be, like, when I think of like just the tour and the tickets and all that jazz, it feels like there was a market there hmm. that just, like you say, wasn't catered for. And I didn't intentionally set out to cater. It wasn't like a strategic decision hmm. um, to do it, but it just, there just wasn't, like you say, a lot of the female comics are, they're kind of, I, the pressure, I suppose, is to be quite, Almost not serious, but like but socially to have conscious. a very strong have a you know very strong opinions on things. I don't have opinions. I don't have a fucking opinion on anything. I mean, it's funny, like the way that you know, like we, we're thinking about a title like Basic Beach Instincts is that you know, obviously, I'd imagine like you know, you don't take any shit, but it does seem like your relationship with feminist feminism might be slightly less, slightly different in a way. I mean, how how it's do not you really like? One of my, there's a comic, Kevin McGahern, who was massive. And he's like, you're set in feminism about 20 years. I was like, I'm not, you're not, li- if you think that, if you think that's true, you're not listening to anything I'm saying. So, you know she, I mean? so, so, so she thought you were set in feminism back 20 years. He said, he, jo- oh, he was he? joking. He was oh, joking. Right, right. I think he was kind of half joking, but I was talking about like loving, I love and lads pay for shit and all that stuff. Like, it's not, it's just honest. Like, of course. I'm exactly. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I am. I'm alive and I'm not a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I think sometimes some you can be misunderstood. Like I remember a guy, I was booked to do some corporate and uh, he said something really dismissive to me. Like, well, I guess, you know, there's only so many dick jokes you can tell. And I was like, do you, you think that's what I do? You think I just go around telling dick jokes? Hmm. You've obviously never, like, I, I don't, I don't think, I've, I don't think, I think I have a single dick. Oh no, I probably have a couple of dick jokes, but that's not what I do either. I think people think you misunderstand and they think I'm just standing up there talking about my vagina for an hour. Yeah, well, I mean that you know that I mean that is that's not at all what you do. I mean, the thing, the thing with being a right wing comic, people think that I just joke about disabled people the whole time. <laughs> like, can you imagine how funny you would have to be to actually write a joke that was cruel about poor people or disabled people and get a laugh? Like, if I could actually write that joke, I'd probably do it, but it's not possible. Is that not what Ricky Gervais does? He, well, I mean, he has an the thing about these guys, right? When you think about Ricky Gervais and Jimmy Carr, is this so smart? Is they came through and got big, and it's all priced in, you know, like with Donald Trump and Boris. I mean, I'm not comparing them to those people, but but like you go, well, that's just Jimmy, you know what I mean? And yeah, Jimmy, and that's Ricky. It's genius because they can still do like raw, raw as fuck comedy. Yeah, but I think it's really hard for any comics breaking through now because like they haven't sort of set up their USP. So the moment they step out of line, they could get in trouble. Yeah, I think as well, like, what well, I like to think that I I don't really, when I say I don't have opinions on things, of course I do, but I kind of keep them to myself. I think if you present yourself as like an agenda-led comic or an mm. activist type comic, then you're held to account. Whereas yeah. I have I have never, like, you know, I present myself as someone with very low morals, very low ethics. Yeah. And then, so, so there's no expectation on me. Like, with the podcast I do with Vogue, Vogue's always like, why can you say that? And I can't say that. And I was like, because I've presented myself as someone with low morals. So it's grand. Like people, yeah, it, they're not shocked by anything I say anymore. Do you know what I mean? They don't take it seriously. Well, no, and Whereas, there's, there's a degree of similarity. Obviously, I've got a sort of political leaning, but there are a lot of people who just presume that if you're a conservative voter or a leave voter, that you're a piece of shit and stuff. So, yeah. so your starting point is that people think you're a bad person. So all you can really all, all, all you can really do is exceed that expectation. Whereas the yeah. problem is, is if you're very, very left-wing, there's an implication that you are a good person. So you all you can do is fall beneath that standard. I'd much yeah, rather exactly, be... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Like I, I never present myself as a good person. No. 
No, comic comics. I mean, where this where the fuck this idea came from? I that know. comics was. I mean, it's such a weird thing. We we all know we're pieces of shit quite yeah. often. You know, we're often like every joke has a victim. You know, whether that yeah. victim is you or the geezer slipping on a fucking banana skin. I mean, I was going to say about you know this guy that that sort of said about setting feminism back twenty years. I mean. You are very smart, like you're very highly qualified and stuff. And I think that, you know, anyone who watched your comedy for a while, that that comes through. But there is a thing with, you know, people perceiving Irish, uh, all our Irish accents as working class is that, is sometimes that I get it too. Is that I, people? I think people don't think that I could possibly be smart. Like when I, when I say that I got three A's at A level, I swear to God, every single gig, it brings it to a standstill. People just don't believe me. You see, maybe because I don't, I don't have those preconditioned notions because I wasn't raised in the UK. But I, yeah. I, it's very clear that you're smart. Thank you. Did you just get a message there? We just wank each other's egos over Zoom for. No, a while. that's fine. I don't do enough of this on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> no, wait, but it's wait. very, it's very clear that you're a smart guy from your comedy. You can just tell, like. But there is. So I wouldn't be at all surprised that you got A's in your GCSEs or whatever they are. But there is sometimes like a sort of middle class bias where they sort of like one thing I've noticed, right? So here's the thing is like if I and this has happened with a few female middle class comics on the circuit is I'll come up to them and go, all right, so, you know, how, how's it going? You're right, mate. And then they'll go, oh, Joe Fosick. And they'll do an impression of me back to me. I do that. I do it. <laughs> I don't, I'll, do, take, I'll take it from I, you. I do it all, all the time. No, but, but people because, do it to me all the time. But I perceived you as working class. So it's all right. Now I'm, I'll try and get you cancelled. <laughs> You, you don't you don't get to say that or whatever is the, the phrase that they use um but it is again i suppose it's sort of a safer position isn't it if people haven't presumed that about you then you drop a bit of vocab on them happy days happy happy days i do the accent um first of all i can't do accents so when i do get a word that i can say in the accent i'm trying to do i just don't, i just don't stop because I'm so impressed by my that I've actually pulled it off. But yeah. the Lund, but the what yours is London, isn't it? Well, it's South London, but yeah, a lot nah. of people think think Essex, but yeah, it's South London. Uh, yours is my favorite accent. So when I'm around people with your accent, I I started, I just yeah. I, I do impressions. But then I really sometimes my, I have to tell my housemate to stop doing the Irish accent because every morning she'd be like, morning, top of the morning. And I was like, Emma, this needs to go. Like yes. I can't be heckled in my own kitchen every morning. Like it has to go. Some accents, <laughs> some accents are just kind of infectious. I didn't realize, like I've got quite a thick Irish accent and I didn't realize it until I went to the UK. And I, every time I opened my mouth, people were like, what? I remember, oh my God, trying to, <laughs> trying to get butter in London. It took me a year. Water. And I was like, butter, butter. And I was like, mim- like I had to like play out like spreading butter with a knife and everything. It was a nightmare in Gales, just constantly just mimicking out spreading butter. Do you know this accent I love? My favourite London accent, Kelly Convey. Mm. Oh, I'm a darling. Oh, what? oh yeah, yeah. Those sort of girls with the breathy London voices. Oh, that's all in my angel. Like I went drinking with her once and Jesus, I was like, Kelly, like, are you going to try and ride the waitress? Every time she came over, Kelly's like, thank you so much, my love, my angel. Thank you. It's like, she's just like, calm down. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it sort of takes us into like, I was just thinking about, about the stereotypes. Now, like, you know, over the years, there've been a lot of English stereotypes about Irish people, some really toxic, some not, but Irish people have stereotypes about English people too, you know, also not all, not all great. Has, has living and working in England like all this time, has it changed how you view English people? What, what do you, or do you, do you sense like some, some fairly common characteristics? I, right. I could be wrong now. Right. But I, because I've always been quite like, um, confident and all that. Sorry to get these girls fast. Uh, 
to you out of this um yeah but not for you because actually the bits where we pause i actually quite find quite funny <laughs> i'm just watching <laughs> well i just what was funny was you just said i've always been really confident as some girls will pop you're also talking to your phone <laughs> <laughs> i'm like shh um so when i got to the uk i definitely there was i realized now i'll probably get a bollocking for this that some not all not all english some english yeah look down on ireland so i, I was met like Sometimes you'd be you'd feel less than like the like right. I, I make a joke of it, but the fact that they don't really think I could be posh or that they yeah, think we're kind of yeah. le- less less than them. They were yeah, you know, and I think that um I think that you're right. The the class thing probably is is evidence of some way of thinking about that. And also like like the you know, the idea that the island has like its own celebrities that that do well in Ireland and don't do well here. People are really I think sometimes confused by that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, like the, nothing you do in Ireland means anything in the UK. So there's no, you can't kind of take what you've done in Ireland and transfer it to the UK. Like when I started in the UK, I was back doing all the open spots and all the clubs. Mm. Like it didn't matter. Now, in fairness, that's what needed to be done because the clubs, the, the standard's actually much higher in the UK. Um, no shade to the Irish clubs. It's just that there's, it's more competitive. Like yeah, London yeah. is like it's one of the centres of, yeah. of stand up in the world. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? I would say so. I mean, just just how densely populated. I mean, even like even in 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 England, when you look at like you know the M sixty two corridor where you go, you suddenly have all these cities. You go fucking like Leeds, Bradford, Halifax, fucking mm. Bolton. Do you know what I mean? And these are all like about fifteen miles away from each other. They've all got different accents. They've all got several. Yeah. They've all got several hundred thousand people living there. So it does make there's a unique density of population here and 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 like characteristics that that, yeah. that make it unique. I think it's the same in Ireland, but like so there's obviously you know a bit of tension between. Okay. So yeah, there's uh, there's bit. been a few bits historically. Yeah. Bit awkward. Yeah. Um, but for example, I'm going to the Pride of Britain award award or ceremony or whatever it is. Yeah with Vogue next weekend or in two weeks time. And I was thinking, I was like, are the, am I going to get rinsed for doing that now? Like, yeah. is that basically me getting knighted? Like how, because Irish people don't, <laughs> like they don't mind you going off and doing your own thing, but like, it's important that you don't forget where you came from. We're very territorial yeah. like that. Like I was always joking saying like, I can't wait for them to be claimed by the British. Cause that's when you know you've really made it. Cause they, they do. I think, I honestly think some of the papers are trolling us. To trolling you? I think they're trolling the, the, Ireland as a country. Like, there's, they've claimed people as British. And I'm like, they couldn't possibly think that that's a fact. Like, they couldn't. Because they yeah. know that the whole of Ireland, whole of Ireland kicked, they gaslight us, basically. We're getting gaslit by the Daily Mail on a regular basis. <laughs> I think a lot of people are. Yeah. We, well, we we will claim, I mean, in fairness, if there's, a, I mean, you look, I was, I was thinking the other day about, I don't know if you remember the tennis player, Greg Rosetsky. I mean, like, there are some play people that were born in other countries and have become, like, British or English sports men and women. Yeah. That you go, fair enough, they were really young. But there was a couple, man, like Greg Rosetsky. He lived in Canada since he was like 26. I mean, he looked <laughs> so fucking Canadian. Like Lennox Lewis as well. Someone was actually, t- sorry, I'll finish. I'm jumping all over the place. Paul Maskell tweeted, just simple, tweeted back on, I'm Irish. And I'd say yeah. everyone in the country retweeted, we were like, yeah, go on, Paul. So I want my Paul Maskell moment. But so far, so oh I get it, but so you actually want them to make that mistake so you can kind of uh that's how you know you've made it, Jeff, when they call you British and then you get to retweet it and, and, and disputing go, it, and then you've won in both countries. That's the end. <laughs> what 
we got um i don't want to keep you too long because i know you're busy and stuff but we we, we yeah, I, I do i do letters i just thought you'd be great oh, yeah. to, to talk about the, the problems with uh, we <gasps> I, I love a personal problem so this is from graham in aintree he said um i noticed my wife has started saying stuff online like she hates tories and could never date a tory uh we're very old-fashioned we've never discussed politics but i have voted conservative for the last two elections maybe mainly because corbyn was a menace i might not vote for them again but should i tell her that i have voted for them things have gone a bit stale lately so it might be a way out wow (laughs) (laughs) it's are you a tory well i know i've I've voted conservative i think the last four elections but But, you know conservative is like is labor conservative what's what's what do you mean conservative when we say you vote a conservative what do you mean for the tories yeah 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 Oh. So I was oh, wow! What an amazing point to come out uh, in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know that in in, in the UK they're obsessed. Everyone's obsessed with hating Tories, aren't they? That's like the popular well, thing is to I hate mean, the Tories. I think on social media. I mean, if you look at how Labour poll, I mean, they're polling only just over a third of votes. So if you base it on social media, and obviously the world that we move in and comics and all that sort of stuff, that is the impression. But evidently, if you look at elections, that's not what's been borne out by the country. But it's fair to say that the people that hate Conservatives hate them more than Conservatives hate Labour, right? Yeah. If you get my drift. So this guy has... I think I think it's kind of bananas. Like, this sounds kind of reductive, but also, how could you actually be in a relationship with someone who's completely different political ideas to you? Well, no, I, I, I totally disagree, man. Like, it's, Do you? That's exciting. Have you, never yeah, had you... A, have you never had a grudge fuck? You know, with someone like... Who you... <laughs> No, but I want one now. Well, do you know what I mean? Like you just damn you with your opinions. You're both in like in a race to disappoint each other with bad sex. I'd probably be very attracted to Matt Tory man because they're probably a bit of a bollocks. Well, they, well, they, they'll definitely front it out. Like you see, yeah. like Tory guys are kind of coming in here. Oh, it's good to meet you, Joanne. Yeah, I've seen some of your stuff. You're doing yeah. Great thing. You know. That can be. That's the thing that I think some women don't realise about Tory men until they meet them. It's like, oh yeah, there's something called alpha. Uh, That's it. You see, and I'm mad for the alphas. It's a, it's a proper problem. Yeah, and the Labour got a lot of the old beaters, didn't they? Wearing their little satchels with their badges on. Yeah, I'm not into that. You know, I don't allow turning up with little bicycle pegs. What are they called? <laughs> I always just say I like I like the men who like drink pints of cement and stuff. That's what I'm into. It's well, a, it's a yeah, curse. I mean that's the thing now is those kind of working class men that like the, the working class vote in in England in particular is now a lot of working class people vote Conservative. So it's not like it was. It used to be all the posh people voted Conservative, all the working class people voted Labour. Now that's changed, right? And this guy, he's in a marriage where he sort of seems to think. I think he wants out, doesn't he? I think he wants out. I mean, what a way to go. Because it sounds like that, that she's just become like, you know, people suddenly get politically active online. Yeah. Be your mad fucking aunt who's, you know, talking about vaccines or whatever all the time. I know. One minute she's sharing a missing dog photo, and next minute she's like balls deep in like Joe Rogan podcasts and like <laughs> the, the lizard community. Um, yes. I was actually, I was actually reading about this because. You know, there was a time when conspiracy theorists, I know we've jumped into conspiracy theorists now, were kind of, you know, old incels, like bearded living in their mother's basement. But now it's like girls, like young girls and stuff are saying, well, I don't know about the moon landing, really. It doesn't really add up. You're like, how did that happen? But it's mm-hmm. apparently it's a it's a gateway from so the wellness world. So women who are into wellness. So they start yeah. looking for like a green tea and they end up anti-vax like it's that's where that's their well kind of, i mean that's how they go some, in. there is a dark secret among the the women on on who are currently on the uk circuit but not 
British, Irish, but on the UK circuit, you see, I was careful not to make yeah. that distinction, is the crystals thing. How many female comics have crystals in their handbags? Have you heard about this? No, but like I have a crystal. I don't know how to use it though. I just roll What it the fuck is the thing with the crystals? It's crystals and wild swimming. You see, the thing about it is, is because we've no God anymore, we need some sense of purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and so Man. now it's it's Chris. I say it as well, like I'm high street spirituality. Like if I'll, I'll, I'm spiritual, if I can get it in Urban Outfitters, that's my <laughs> level of spirituality. Like I don't actually believe in any of it. I sage and I, someone sent me a crystal. It's just sitting there. I use it as a paperweight. I don't really know. I don't really know what to do with it. But, but yeah. you got yeah. But that, there's something people wouldn't wouldn't realize about. And I don't understand the wild swimming. It, it feels like quite a middle class thing. I suppose women feel very like elemental if they're in a fucking river and there's like frog spawn around them or whatever. Nature is very now, Jeff. Nature is very now. Yeah, the climate, you know, so, there's and no... And also, it's Instagram life, isn't it? It's like you're kind of... There's, you're always trying yeah. to, like, get content for the gram, basically. Like, I guarantee if Instagram didn't exist, that the sea, there wouldn't be half those fuckers wouldn't be in the sea. I'm telling you now. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you now. No, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, really yeah. refreshing 10 a.m. So, yeah, well? smug I'm bastards, like... smug bastards. Um, so, yeah, Graham, I think... I think the marriage is the problem, not the politics. Is <laughs> yeah, that fair? I agree. It sounds like he hasn't had a conversation with this woman in about three years. It does sound like that. Uh, it yeah, sounds like they literally don't speak. Just fucking leave her. Okay, next letter. Um, this yeah. is from Tyrone in East London. Um, my wife has hit her mid-50s and wants to be more adventurous in the bedroom. And when I say adventurous, I mean weird. Some of it is just confu- <laughs> confusing. <laughs> confusing? Oh, mate, you needed to unpack that. Confusing. <laughs> I think ah. he's. I think he's been rimmed. Pegged. Yeah, he's yeah. I think pegged, yeah. Uh, it pisses me off because I was bang up for that in my thirties, but now my libido is dead. Should <gasps> I? Should I let her take a lover? I mean, we really have to backtrack it. One thing he makes a very fair point there is that if women suddenly have this sexual awakening late, it really misses the point with blokes, doesn't it? Because blokes are like. I'm done, babe. You know what I mean? Well, I know. I always wonder about like those, you know, elderly women, their husbands in their 70s discovers yeah. Viagra. I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> like those days are gone, babes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like suddenly you've this like incredibly 24-7 erect man in his 70s climbing all over you like a rat up a drain pipe. No worst nightmare. No, yeah, it, yeah. You're like, can we just play Scrabble, please? Do you know what yes. I mean? Why are you changing the rules now? Like, and also at that age, is balls like you've got this thing. Ugh. I mean, the ball to knob ratio is going to be worse because it's hanging down by his knee. So whatever he had for scale purposes isn't going to look as good. <laughs> for scale purposes, um, but I think this man's lucky. Would you not want your Would you not want your wife to be spicy in the sack? Wait, well, no? he just said his libido is dead. I mean, he's yeah. been very open-minded. Should I let her take a lover? I mean, honestly, that's very mature. I yeah. would know. I would be like, there'd be no lovers had in this house now. I could imagine that you did a little neck thing as you said that as well. Like you're riding me or you're riding no one. <laughs> you ride me or you don't ride. That's it. But he, but he, you know, I'm, I mean, as long as there's understanding, maybe he's in, if, if he gets on with a bloke, you know what I mean? They could go and do <laughs> Lads think. I think yeah. it's not, marriage is so long now. Like yeah. I almost think monogamy is kind of like not realistic. It's true. You're done. You're not going to fancy each other. How can you? I remember this woman called Esther Perel who speaks really well on like marriage and infidelity and like attraction and all that stuff. How like attraction is in the unknown, in the mystery. Mm. 
It's so if you know someone inside out, back to front, you're doing yeah. the bins, you're like cleaning their skid marks off the toilet. How then are you like, oh yeah, like do you know what I mean? Yeah, Get yeah. them off. Like, where is the lust? There's no, no lust. we had a we, we had a letter a while ago here, and I got in trouble for being too old-fashioned. Was that uh, a bloke said his wife had started farting in front of him, and I just said it was unacceptable. And then people were like, <laughs> it is unacceptable. And and they were going, Well, I bet he can fight in front of her. I was like, Yeah, yeah, he can. Because if that was how their basis, their relationship started. That is how it started. Don't suddenly yeah. just let anyone go in front of your old man. He wants to think of you in in, a, in an elevated way. He doesn't want I you know, to be. It's not, it's not realistic, though. I think he 10 years in a relationship and then jumped into the next one. Ten, well, the other thing was, I mean, you make an interesting point, is everyone's living until they're fucking 80 now. You know, blokes, if they were in an unhappy marriage, there was always a chance that they'd have, they'd have a cardiac in the mid-50s and they'd just tap out. But yeah. now they're going, oh, the NHS is just going to keep me alive. I'm going to be in this fucking shitty marriage forever. Yeah. So I say, let her take a lover, but let the let the precondition of that be that you have the same taste in sport and films. Yes, like make a lover for her, a pal for you. Yeah, a lover for her, a pal for you. I mean, that <laughs> sounds like one of those Channel 4 documentaries, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Joanne, it's, it's been amazing to chat, man. Like, obviously, you've Thanks, got a, a tour coming up. Let's talk about the tour. Where can we get tickets? We, which places are you going? So I'm kind of going all over. I'm going to the big, the big, the big cities. Mm. Um, I'm not going to Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going all over. And like Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, uh, Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, all the places. And so, And the tickets are on joannemcnally.com. Joanne McNally, is there, uh, so Pete, I mean, come on, like, don't be lazy as well, guys. You don't need the website. Just go Google Joanne, Joanne McNally. McNally tour and you will find it. Yeah, I'm putting on a third Palladium that goes on sale. When's this go out? This goes, I, I normally try, I'll try and have it up by tomorrow morning. Oh yeah, grand. So I don't yeah. fuck about. You see all these, you see all these, like, all these bash, le- bush. I'm a hard worker. All these lefty ones that go, yeah, I did a podcast in May. I'm going to edit it in November. I'm like, no, I did it today. I'm going to edit it today and I'll have it up tomorrow because... It- Bish, bash, bosh. That's my favourite saying. Do you ever say that? I I do feel like sometimes I am a sort of handyman of comedy rather than like a a devoted uh, artist. But so a third Palladium, that's incredible. I mean, that's a a big venue in London. Um, Yeah, so that goes on on sale next week, I think. um, Joanne, it was so much fun. I'd love you to come back on. I'd love you to come back on. Yeah, of course I will. Because uh, I think doing the problems there was was uh, fun, and there's uh, there's always a few of those. And, and look, I wish you all the best uh, with the tour, and I'll hopefully see you out and about soon. Thanks, Jeff. I'm actually on a date now. Yeah, he's waiting. In the, he's waiting next door. Fucking, that's it. Game train early. You know what I mean? You you are you are you in the other room? All he knows, you're in the other room on the phone laughing with another bloke. With yeah. another man, I know. You, yeah, hopefully you, he's, he's jealous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've done the job here, but but let me know how that goes. I will. Cheers. Okay, see you later. Bye. So there is Joanne McNally. What a brilliant guest. So funny. Do go and see her out on tour. And also, as I say, look out for my tour dates. Uh, Why not treat yourself? Buy a little Joanne McNally and Jeff Norcott double up. Some proper stand-ups out treading the boards doing it like it was meant to be. Um, A five-star review is on iTunes. If you leave a five-star review on iTunes, I'll read it out. Oh, here's one that's not a five star. So I think I've already read this one out. 
Uh, I've heard of Jeff about two years ago, but I didn't actively follow his career. Came across his book when he was on Politics Live, and it was mentioned. I bought his book to give it a try and loved it. Uh, the contrast between humour and tragic things that happened to Jeff was well presented. From recently reading the book, I went to see this show in Monmouth. I never laughed so much for a long while. Uh, thanks for that, Andy. Very appreciated, mate. And a reminder that the book is out there. Where did I go right? How the Left Lost Me. Uh, oh, we've got a three-star review here, but I think I'm, I think I might read it out. The rule is generally, if you leave me a five-star review, I'll read it out. Uh, but he says, a judicious swear is a thing of beauty in the right hands. Having a curseometer is the comedic equivalent of slapping your thigh on every punchline. Less is more, buddy. I just look, you, you're, you're within your rights to say that uh, about the swearing on the podcast and the cuss count. I find it funny. I just find it funny. I, I like swearing. <laughs> it's personal to me. It, for me, it is a form of punctuation. And I, like I, I've tried to regulate it. Last week was less, but I'm not going to apologise when it's more. So I appreciate your feedback, sir. But it will continue to be whatever it is. Uh, this is another podcast from Titch82. I only found this podcast, podcast re- Rodcast. That just sounds like something to do with fishing, doesn't it? Uh, only found this podcast recently and have been hammering the episodes. Really good to hear a reasonable voice in this climate of wokeness. The guests are pretty good. Um, the guests are great, and Jeff's patter is pretty good for an Englishman. Fucking racism there. We'll let it go. Um, love to show. Oh, I think we've read out that one before. So two good ones and and a little piece of advice there. But um, I should probably. I mean, like if I was going to be really childish, I would end this by with a tirade of swear words. And, you know, I just, look, sometimes you just got to take the feedback on the chin. Come. Thank you.